Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition for the last 14 years in New York City and Connecticut. And a question I get asked often from my patients is, how much sleep do I need? Sleep is a very controversial issue. Here's my best answer to such a hard question. For most people, seven to nine hours is an ideal amount of time with more people actually requiring nine versus seven. Inadequate sleep disrupts health in so many ways. It can lead to hormonal issues, metabolic imbalances, accelerated aging, increased onset and severity of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, weight gain, memory loss, and more. So I decided to do a podcast about it because if we don't sleep well, it also lowers the immune system. And we need to do everything we possibly can right now to keep ourselves healthy and strong. Insomnia is an epidemic. 25% of Americans have it occasionally, and 10% have it chronically. So if you're suffering from lack of sleep, besides just having little ones, know that you're not the only one. Maybe we don't need to sleep more, but we need to sleep deeper. Feeling well-rested in the morning should be our normal, not a luxury. So start with these good habits and see how it feels to go back to the basics. Start incorporating all the habits at once or just start with one at a time. Once one becomes a habit, then go ahead and incorporate another one. Don't feel overwhelmed by this podcast because I'm going to give you lots of basic tips. So the first one is 10 hours before bed, stop drinking caffeine. Now, when it comes to beverages, if you test well for it, caffeine can be healthy for you as long as you don't fill it with stuff like sugar, sweeteners, dairy. I can have one small cup of coffee a day, but I make sure I have it only in the morning. If I don't do it with breakfast, then I won't have it at all. So I encourage you to put a hard stop on caffeine 10 hours before bed. For some of you, this could include the caffeine that's in chocolate. Even that might be too strong of a stimulant, which can last well into the night before it finally wears off. And when that happens, you can kiss your quality of sleep goodbye, which causes you to feel groggy the next day. So it's important to give your body enough time to rid itself of caffeine. Another tip is at least three hours before bed, stop eating food. I used to be guilty of this one myself, but the midnight munchies can often lead to weight gain, acid reflux, and let's not forget it's a huge energy drain on the body. You can't get that deep sleep because your body is trying to digest the meal that you had right before going to bed. Instead of relaxing, your body is hard at work digesting. So to enjoy more energy, I recommend you finish eating at least three hours before bed. This will give your body enough time it needs to digest the food the way nature intended it and allows you to wake up the next day feeling rested. The worst thing that we can do is eat grains, refined sugar, or alcohol, which causes a spike in the blood sugar and then a crash. When the body crashes, sleep isn't as deep, and in severe cases, it actually can wake you up in the middle of the night and you need to eat something. Sleep eating actually can occur in the severest of cases. Also avoid foods which you are sensitive to, which can be dairy products. They can have a negative effect because of the extra congestion or they can cause sleep apnea, upset stomach, gas. 
If you do wake up in the middle of the night to urinate, don't drink any fluids within two hours of going to bed. Even if you get back to sleep easily, getting up in the middle of the night breaks your sleep cycle. Even if you don't spend much time awake, you are getting less deep sleep. Yet, if you are dehydrated, you will wake up in the middle of the night, so monitor your water intake throughout the day. And if you do wake up in the middle of the night, then the first thing I would do is drink some water. So keep a glass next to your bed. One hour before bed, no screen time. Electronic screens emit rays of blue light, which can throw your sleep cycle out of whack. The blue light stimulates the brain, which disrupts the pineal gland, making it harder to fall asleep or sleep well. The pineal gland is what makes melatonin to help your sleep cycle. Thankfully, during the daytime, these rays aren't so bad. In fact, the blue light can even help you boost your attention, reaction times, and mood. But at night, too much exposure to the blue light can confuse your hormones into thinking it's daytime, which wreaks havoc on your internal clock and robs you of energy. On the other hand, on the other side of the light spectrum, orange or red light can actually help you relax and sleep. There are actual orange or red light bulbs you can buy and have one on within the hour before you go to bed. Children who need night lights or even adults, I highly suggest this type of light to have on for them as their actual night light. Now that we're doing 5G, people are actually becoming even more sensitive to their electronics. Definitely don't have your phone on or next to the bed charging overnight. If you want to use it as your alarm clock, at least put it across the room. But best would to use it actually not as your alarm clock and keep it turned off and use a regular alarm clock. And if you are, make sure it's just not too loud. It is very stressful on the body to wake up to a sudden loud noise. Ideally, you'd want to sleep until your body naturally wakes up, making an alarm clock unnecessary. If you do need an alarm, use a dawn stimulator, which gradually emits light to full intensity over 45 minutes, which is like the sun. This way, you don't start the day off in that stressed out fight or flight mode. So as a general rule, I recommend you put the electronic devices away one hour before bed. That also means no TVs, laptops, iPads, cell phones, etc. Personally, I love to read a good book before going to bed and meditate. A hot shower or bath could do it as well. Helps you relax. Add lavender oil to it. The lavender is really good at getting the body to relax. You can also do a lavender mist on your pillow. doTERRA makes a great lavender blend called Serenity that can help you sleep if you rub it on the bottom of your feet before bed. It just really helps to create a bedtime routine and do the same thing every night before going to bed. It's a type of conditioning that tells the body, okay, it's time to go to sleep now. So now here is the key for better health. Your goal is to be asleep before 11 p.m., which I know it can be really hard for people. So if you're, you know, go to bed at midnight, you know, bump it up to 11. Once that gets to be routine, try to actually get to bed at 1030. Be asleep before 11 p.m. Your body performs the majority of its repair and recovery during 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. 
I truly believe the body only heals when it's sleeping and it can heal better if you're in bed before 11 p.m. because of this time cycle. The body actually, well, the gallbladder in particular, the gallbladder itself dumps toxins into the bowels during the 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. cycle. And if you're awake, then the gallbladder won't do as such a good of a job. So then toxins get backed up in the liver and then that gets backed up into your bloodstream. But if you're asleep, then the toxins will go into the large intestine and be excreted out through the bowels the next day. It's also important to go to bed and wake up the same time each day, even on the weekends. This rhythm makes it easier to fall asleep and get up. Also, sleep in complete darkness. If not, the pineal gland production of melatonin gets disrupted. You can get blackout curtains, you can get shades, you can get a sleep mask. I found this really helpful with the time changes. If you lie in bed with your mind racing, it might be helpful to keep a journal and write down your thoughts before bed. This allows you to download your racing thoughts to paper and clear your mind. Meditation can also be great for a racing mind, but if your mind is actually too full or if you're new to meditation, it might be really hard for you, so you may want to try a visualization. Listen to someone's voice can actually be really helpful. It gets you out of your own head and into what the person is saying can really be good for clearing the mind. Breathing helps too. There are some great breathing techniques out there like the Wim Hof method, but it can be just as simple as to take three deep breaths. Inhale and with the first exhale, release tension found in any part of your body. The second inhale, And on the exhale, release any emotional tension you feel. Third inhale and exhale out, release any mental tension. When you breathe with these intentions, it's amazing how you actually can relax. We don't realize how much tension we actually carry until we actually try to release it. If you're having trouble sleeping, one reason actually could be because of bad gut flora, especially if you have parasites. Parasites are nocturnal and are more active at night, which can throw your body's circadian rhythm out of whack. Now, if you sleep well, but you're waking up too early, it could be a blood sugar issue where the blood sugar is too low, causing you to wake up. So for better, deeper sleep, you actually would want to have what I call a sleep snack right before bed. I know I just talked about not eating before bed, but if you have a blood sugar issue, you will want to eat just a little something. This sleep snack just isn't any snack, but very specifically, either a spoonful of nut butter and some honey or avocado on a gluten-free cracker right before bed. The protein plus the carb will help you sleep deeper and get better quality sleep. Believe it or not, a full moon can disturb your sleep. During the week of the full moon, people can have a hard time sleeping because the gravitational pull of the moon makes us not hit our deep sleep according to EEG studies. The theory is that it's left over from our evolutionary past. We know that some species, circadian rhythm and reproductive cycles are tied to the moon, so we might have some leftover trait of that as well. We know the moon affects the water of the ocean, the waves, so I'm sure it can affect us if since we are 60% water. 
Patients have shared with me that sleeping with a weighted blanket can really help them. There are specific blankets out there called weighted blankets. The idea is that the pressure from the blanket calms the nervous system down and helps you sleep better. I also think of it as the adult version of swaddling, where the pressure makes us feel safe. They state that it increases the body's production of serotonin and melatonin, the hormones responsible for relaxation and sleep, while decreasing cortisol, which is the hormone responsible for stress. So it can also help with anxiety. Another thing that can help with sleep is if you have a Himalayan salt lamp in your room on your nightstand. The salt is a negative ion that helps reduce indoor air pollution, allergens, and improves mood and sleep and reduces stress. So how can negative ions actually do that? Well, back to Science 101, an ion is an atom or molecule in which the total number of electrons is not equal to the total number of protons, giving the atom a net positive or negative electrical charge. Our bodies are full of positive ions from all the chemical reactions that occur. Positive ions also come from our electronic devices like computers and TVs and microwaves, even the vacuum, and can exasperate problems like allergies, stress, and sleep. Negative ions can neutralize our overabundance of positive ions when they bond together. That's how it works. So negative ions can come from a Himalayan salt lamp. They generally are found in nature and are created by lightning storms, sunlight, waterfalls, ocean waves, the salt in the ocean. That's one reason why people feel so refreshed after going to the beach. Having the negative ions in the air that you breathe cleans the air, but also as you breathe it in, the positive ions in your body and the negative ions you just inhaled come together to create an atom without a charge which puts less stress on the body. Otherwise, an ion having a charge is known as a free radical and causes oxidative stress in the body. That's why eating and drinking antioxidants is healthy for your body. Foods highest in antioxidants are cranberries, blueberries, and blackberries in the fruit category. Beans, artichokes, and russet potatoes are top among vegetables. Pecans, walnuts, and hazelnuts, believe it or not, are ranked highest in the nut category. So for better sleep, purchase a salt lamp, eat your blueberries, and if you really are having trouble with sleep, purchase an earthing sheet. They are a sheet you put on your bed and plug into the electrical outlet to have the negative ions absorbed while you sleep. It's not as good as getting it from nature, but it does help. To get it from nature, the term is called earthing or grounding, and it is the practice of walking outside barefoot so your feet can make direct contact with the surface of the earth. Earthing allows the exchange of positive and negative ions between our bodies and the earth reducing the number of damage-causing free radicals. Think about the last time you went barefoot with nature and how it made you feel. Besides better sleep, earthing has amazing benefits. Here are some reasons you should be earthing as part of your daily routine. With less free radicals in your body, there is a decrease in inflammation, which inflammation is the root cause of all chronic disease and chronic pain. It increases energy, lowers stress, and promotes calmness in the body by cooling down the nervous system and stress hormones, normalizes the body's biological rhythms, thins blood and improves blood pressure and flow, 
relieves muscle tension and headaches, lessens hormonal and menstrual symptoms, dramatically speeds healing, reduces or eliminates jet lag, protects the body against potentially health-disturbing environmentally electric magnetic fields, EMFs, which is important now that there's 5G, accelerates recovery from intense workouts as well. If you would like to read more about the Earth's natural healing benefits, earthing by Orber, Sinatra, and Zucker is a must-read, and earthing sheets can be found on the website grounded.com. A common symptom of not getting enough sleep is waking up with a headache. Now, headaches affect millions of Americans. Many patients come to my office wanting to work on their sleep or digestion, and when I ask about headaches, they're like, oh yeah, I have that too. It can happen so frequently and for such a long period of time that people think headaches are normal, but you need to know that you don't have to live with them and that they aren't normal. It's the body's way of signaling that there's something wrong. It's like the alarm system going off in a building, but instead it's not a building, it's your body and the alarm is in your head. When you do have a headache, people feel that they have two choices, either pop an over-the-counter painkiller or push through it by either ignoring it or sleeping it off. If you do choose to pop a pill, the most common are aspirin and ibuprofen, but shockingly, these can actually lead to more problems in the long run. First off, multiple studies have shown that these so-called fixes wreak havoc on your gut and digestion, and according to the acclaimed Mayo Clinic, aspirin and ibuprofen can actually cause you to have more headaches down the line. These particular headaches are called rebound headaches, and in a lot of cases, they're much worse than the original headache you set out to fix. When you start feeling a headache, the first question you should ask yourself is, am I dehydrated? Dehydration is the most common cause of a headache. For the average person, I usually suggest drinking three liters of water a day. If you realize the headache could be due to stress, the fastest, easiest thing to do is stop everything and take three deep breaths. Breathing helps get the body out of the stress mode by calming down the nervous system and not getting stuck in that fight or flight mode. Coherent breathing is an easy method to continue to get the stress off the body. Another way to soothe the headache is not in your breath, but in the palm of your hand. It's called the L zone, and it acts like an on and off switch for headaches. When you massage your L zone, the signals for increased blood flow to your head, neck, and shoulders. The technique has the power to soothe tense muscles and gently relieve tension headaches. Here's how to massage the L zone. Breathe in and out deeply for 10 seconds. Then take your right hand and make it into the shape of an L. Using your left hand, find the middle of the L, that meaty web of your palm between your thumb and pointer finger. Then apply moderate pressure to that spot with your thumb and pointer finger and massage for about 20-30 seconds. Repeat as needed to soothe headache, as well relieve neck and shoulder tension. It also actually is even more effective if you apply ice to the L-zone after massaging, but do not massage the L-zone if you are pregnant. So even though I hope you never have to deal with a headache in the first place, these simple tricks of drinking water, deep breathing, and massaging the L-zone can help. 
Also, these three tips actually are a good preventative measure too. So even if you don't have a headache, give your L-zone a quick 20-second massage, be aware of your breathing from your diaphragm, and make sure you drink enough water throughout the day. Getting good sleep and having energy is one of the greatest gifts we can have in life, and these good habits will help you have more of it. As you can tell, if you're going to incorporate these healthy habits, you have to know what time you're going to bed. So for some of you, actually having a bedtime will be a new habit. All these healthy habits are to help you live your best life now. Sleep well. Be well.